Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stark Podcast. Ben here with Coach Paul. Uh, today, we're talking about weightlifting for weightlifting versus weightlifting for CrossFit. So, Coach, I'm going to let you take this one away. Thanks, Ben. Um, yeah, this is something that we've been uh, seeing in classes. Uh, we've had some some traveling CrossFitters come and join us for workouts, and uh, it's it's kind of something that I've that I've thought of. Uh, I think I even wrote a blog post about it a while ago, but uh, thought might as well do a podcast on it. So, um, I guess to to start off, it's uh, athletes coming out of like base camp maybe are uh, maybe a little intimidated from weightlifting and they're just like, you know, I, I think I want to do the CrossFit classes. I, I don't want to go and do the weightlifting classes. I'm not good enough yet. And um, we've, we've seen some athletes that have gone directly into weightlifting classes and fallen in love with it. And, you know, they're, they're not, they're not, they shouldn't be worrying about how much weight they're lifting while they're doing it. What they should be doing is just worrying about, you know, bar path and being as uh, successful with the technique as they possibly can for what their bodies will allow. So, you know, if someone has mobility restrictions, obviously those need to be worked on. Um, if they have trouble hitting certain positions, uh, you need to spend time working with very light loads, um, kind of achieving optimal positions. But if you're someone who, uh, who doesn't have any mobility restrictions, um, you know, doesn't have uh, any issues moving, uh, you know, a 35-pound bar or a 45-pound bar, then definitely uh, starting off in weightlifting is going to be uh, extremely beneficial to you uh, um, going into a lot of the, the CrossFit-type workouts and CrossFit classes when there is weightlifting involved. Yeah, I'd say there's kind of there's two points to that. I think, one, it's very important for them to know how to do it for safety so they don't get hurt. But I think your proficiency in uh, your weightlifting has a lot to do with how you perform in a CrossFit workout. Because if your power clean form, let's say, isn't all that great and you waste a lot of energy on it, it's going to be really hard for you to transition to other exercises. So if you're not doing it very efficiently and let's say you got to do pull-ups or something like that right after that that uses similar muscle groups, it's going to be really hard for you to be able to do big sets of pull-ups after power cleans. If, you're, if you've barely done power cleans before and you know your back is rounded over and you're using a lot of energy to do all that. Um, so we'll talk about some things you look for in an athlete when they're starting weightlifting before you would say they should start doing, let's say, the as prescribed weights in the workouts. What do you look for in an athlete before they can start doing the prescribed uh, weights? Um, I would say it's it's very individualized. Um, you know, if if athletes are progressing really well in weightlifting classes, I won't even you know really push them to. I don't push anyone to do RX weights in workouts. I don't think that should be you know the goal specifically for people, especially if they don't have uh, you know if their one rep max is slightly above an RX weight in a workout, they should not be doing um, those types of workouts. Uh, they should definitely be scaling it and making sure that uh, that technique is priority rather than moving the bar fast. Um, you know, in, in weightlifting classes, I'm a, a huge believer in holding receiving positions, and there's a number of reasons for that. Um, I like seeing athletes being able to control uh, the lift so whether it's a, a power clean or power snatch or squat clean, squat snatch, any of those type of movements, um, just holding your receiving position for at a good like three seconds, not not like a you know one two three, but like a, a good three seconds, and that also gives coaches a chance to 
to move an athlete slightly. So if they're landing a little bit more on their midfoot, trying to get them back on their heels a little bit more, making sure that they're balanced. um, And if they're, you know, consistently dropping the bar out in front because maybe they're banging it off the hip in the snatch versus, uh, you know, having a more of a vertical bar path, um, you know, just forcing them to hold the position can help them to maybe open up, finish off their pull a little bit better. And uh, just knowing that they have to hold it rather than, um, like a lot of like crossfitters when they're lifting, I find are just very quick with the barbell. It's up overhead, they stand it up and boom, the bar comes down right away rather than, you know, I consider it like owning that lift. So say if you, you know, hit a power snatch, you want to be able to like, you know, say if you're on stage at like a weightlifting meet or something like that, just being able to like, you know, look over at the judge, stand it up and hold it there until they say put it down rather than being someone who's going to be able to uh, like just stand it up and uh, stand it up and drop the bar right away. Yeah, it's interesting. We, we heard this getting talked about on uh, Barbell Shrugged the other day too when we were listening to that podcast with Andy Galpin, right? And he's, that was one of the first things he said, right? Was you got to work on those isometric positions before you can move to the dynamic stuff, right? He was talking about he was, uh, his wife or his girlfriend or something like that and he was like, you know, her technique improved massively when they started pausing in positions, right? They pause on the pull, they pause on the catch, they pause on the front squat. Adding in those little isometric things, I think it's also a lot easier for the coach to then analyze what they're doing because they're not moving as they're doing the movement, right? You see someone catch a clean, you can tell if their knees are way too far over their toes or if they're not pulling their knees out enough. Like, it, it becomes immediately obvious. And then if they're weak in those positions, they're not going to be able to hold it for a couple seconds, right? So it's like it becomes immediately obvious what they need to work on. Yeah, in the past uh, past few days, the past uh, few weightlifting classes, uh, even yesterday, I had athletes catching. We were doing clean and jerk, but basically you were catching it in a full squat clean, pausing at the bottom, and you had a partner counting the three seconds for you. And then you stood it up, um, just prepared for the jerk. You hit your split jerk, held for three seconds in that split jerk, and then once again brought your feet back to uh, neutral just under the hips and then held for three seconds once again at the top. And that just uh, forced athletes to, like, find balance. So, you know, say at the bottom of the clean, like you had mentioned before, if you're, you know, too far forward or you're landing on your midfoot, it actually gave athletes, like, time to settle and then come get weight back through their heels and just hang out there and then stand it up, um, you know, for the, for the split jerk, same thing. Um, a lot of times when athletes are dipping, there's a ton of things that can go wrong, but say they hit their dip and, uh, you know, let's say it is like, uh, straight down, straight up, nice and vertical and the bar path is going straight overhead. It's going to be very easy for them to hold that position for someone who maybe has a slight forward incline on the way up out of that dip and it launches that bar forward a bit it's going to be a bit harder for them to hold that position so they're they're going to have to spend a little bit of time readjusting under that bar finding that balance and then that's when we were having uh you know the second person do that three count and uh that gives us a chance to go up and say okay let's move that knee back so it's right over top of your ankle rather than slightly forward you know bend the back knee a little bit um stuff like that to to you know, work on fixing that lift a bit. Yeah, like when I came to your gym, um, one of the first things that I needed to work on was my split jerk. And probably one of the most helpful things for me was that pause in the dip and then pause in the catch because I would kind of like catch the snatch in that split and then like immediately bounce forward. I think I see that a lot, especially because, you know, in CrossFit where we value the speed of your movement, 
a lot. It's kind of like people tend to rush things a lot. So taking that time to slow things down, I think it's not something that a lot of people get to do in a regular workout. I also think that it's kind of a nice, it's one of those things you can do even without a coach there because if you're doing that yourself and you can feel yourself moving when you try to catch the bar somewhere, you know something's up. So it's like, it's, it's better to have a coach there. But like, this is an example of the kind of thing you could do in your living room with a broomstick. And if you practice your split jerk and you're like falling all over the place with a broomstick, which was me a couple months ago, like it's a, it's a whole different game. It's a whole different game. No, I, I agree. Like usually, you know, athletes will ask sometimes, you know, how did, how did that look? And right away I'll ask them, well, how did that feel? And then they're like, well, it felt good. And it's like, yeah, well, it, it was good. Like, you know, you're in a good position. You were balanced. It looked, looked good. Um, there's always, you know, sometimes small things to tweak uh, at that point. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's you know, I, I want people to feel it. And, you know, every once in a while you get comments like, you know, why don't you have mirrors? And it's like, you know, when you're snatching, it takes you, you know, maybe just over a second to get the bar from the ground to overhead in a uh, a good squat snatch, you're not going to be looking in the mirror, you know, trying to pay attention to exactly what you're doing, whether it's straight ahead or, or you know, off to the side sort of thing. You're not going to have that when you're on a platform at uh, a weightlifting meet or if you're at a CrossFit competition. Um, you're, you're not going to get that type of feedback. And I'm a huge believer in, like, really paying attention to how your body's moving, how your body's feeling, and um, and learning that you know uh, even even when it comes to like moving stuff in your your garage or if you're at work lifting bending twisting deadlifting all that kind of stuff you don't have mirrors next to you to uh, to to look at and give you instant feedback you know when I when I opened this place up and didn't have any mirrors here I know I lost a bunch of training clients because they would they would rather look at themselves in the mirror while they're working out than. Uh, than actually like, you know, focus on the exercise. It's like, you know, if you're going to be deadlifting, for example, and you're, you know, looking straight ahead at the mirror, you know, down your shirt, it's like, you know, that's not going to be extremely helpful. You know, you position yourself sideways so you can see your back positioning, then, you know, that's what you use it for. But coach, how are you supposed to see the pump if there's no mirrors? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. No, but um, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I heard once on a... On a I think it was weightlifting talk with John North. He had the uh, Muscle Driver USA coach, Glenn Penley. I think he was also a coach at Cal Strength. And he used to say it's very important for their weightlifters to know where their bodies are in space. Because it's like you should be able to know kind of where your body is without having to look and see it. And if it's like if you're relying on that visual feedback, then you're not really like fully aware of where your body is. And like you said, at a weightlifting meet, there's no mirrors. At a CrossFit competition, there's no mirrors. So you have to know where your body is. And I think that's an important thing. So, like, I know a lot of people that lift um, at my old gym. There's a mirror right in front of that platform, and I used to just always lift in front of it. I knew a lot of people who lifted in front of it. And then one day I was like, everybody face away and see what happens. We were all missing, like, 70% of our maxes because we had never done it before. And it's like, whoa, like, I literally have no idea where my body is if I'm not, like, seeing it. So, yeah, I think that's also an important thing. Um, at what point do you think uh, athletes can start taking weightlifting more seriously and, and, and focus more on the strength and less on the movement stuff? Like, is there, is there certain things you need to see before you think someone can start focusing on their weightlifting strength? 
I think strength is something they can definitely work on, you know, while learning technique as long as the, the positioning is correct. If someone's going to be, you know, if you can't maintain proper positioning and you're doing pulls with, uh, you know, pulls from the ground with, uh, with poor positioning, then that's not going to help. Um, I know we had talked about, like, accessory work previously, so doing, like, core work, so meaning, like, your abdominals, obliques, your lower back, all that kind of stuff can be done you know, at any time, um, even on a daily basis, um, to help build up that core strength. Squats, you know, squats are, I think, sometimes different for, for each individual. So, you know, depending on how you're recovering, stuff like that. Um, you, some people are, are great squatting every day and can recover well from it and respond well to it and build strength that way. And then there's others that... You know, you might only need to squat three times a week and uh, it can definitely build a good amount of strength. But you get those people squatting, you know, five or six times a week and it can just destroy them. So, um, you know, there's different there's different squat programs out there that that people can use that are extremely stressful on the body. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not a recommendation that, uh, I would say do doing that on top of CrossFit, uh, training, if you're, especially if you're training once or twice a day already doing, you know, um, CrossFit and doing like a high intense or, you know, a, a fairly intense, very heavy, um, cycle of squats. Um, a lot of people just can't recover from it, especially if you have like a full-time job and other obligations, but you know, if you're if your your sole focus is you know training then you know you might be able to get away with that if you're um if all you're doing is focusing on training and recovery um yeah strength strength work is is great for anyone at any age uh you know with the with the olympic lifts uh like i said main thing is just maintaining those proper positions and um and just really paying attention to that yeah, one thing that I, I liked the idea of, and I forget exactly who it was that I, I learned this from, but like if you are very proficient at the movements of the snatch and the clean and jerk, they're great movements to make you stronger. If you're still learning those movements, you can still do, it, like you were saying, like a, a squat program. If you really want to increase your strength, you can do a squat program on the side and then just focus on when you're doing the weightlifting part, just work on your positions, right? Don't use the statue and the clean and jerk to try and make you stronger. Use your deadlifts, your squats, your overhead press to build your strength. And then until you're really proficient with those movements, you don't need to push huge numbers on the snatch and the clean and jerk. You know, I, I know a lot of um, people see, like, there's a the video on YouTube of, what's the name, uh, Piros Dimas, and he's doing, like, uh, power snatches and just like he's just snapping them off like they don't look hard at all and then he goes to like a very heavy front squat after and it's like he's not using the snatch to necessarily get stronger he does like snatch pulls and front squats to get stronger and when he's doing snatches he's just doing them to make his technique perfect right like it's lift perfect and then use the squats and stuff like that to build your strength up yeah, there was uh, there was a podcast more recently with uh, with Mike Bergner on it, and he was talking about how when they uh, when they were doing like heavy squat cycles and and programs with that, they were the lifters were only lifting like fifty to sixty percent of their max weight for for snatch and clean and jerk just to be able to work on the technique. So I think that's something that uh, something that you know a lot of uh, 
you know, CrossFitters uh, should maybe take into account if very high level athletes are working, you know, and, and only staying at around 50 or 60% because they're focusing on getting stronger. You can't be doing everything at once. You can't be getting good at everything all at once. So there are going to be different times and phases throughout the season that you're going to have to focus on certain things. Um, you know, with, with the weightlifting aspect, I think it's really important to, to learn proper technique and, and movement patterns first in a lower intensity environment like a, uh, a weightlifting class before, you know, carrying that over and taking that into, taking that into your CrossFit training. Um, I've, I've found it a lot tougher when people just are coming to the CrossFit classes. There's, there's a lot to fit in in a CrossFit class where you're trying to do a group warm-up. Um, you do maybe a more barbell-specific warm-up if it's going to be some, some snatch or clean and jerk in the workout. And then you end up, uh, you know, whether it's a 20-minute build or so, that's not a whole lot of time to really focus on, a, you know, a, a lot of technique and get a lot of, you know, strength work in specifically for that lift. And then usually there's a bit of a Metcon afterwards. So there's, there's a lot of stuff to try to get in in the class. In the weightlifting class specifically, um, all you're focusing on is weightlifting. And I find that there's a great carryover for people that spend a lot of time in the weightlifting class to, uh, to CrossFit, whether it's competing or whether it's just in classes. They're usually moving, you know, a lot more weight than just the, the people who, you know, regularly attend the CrossFit classes, and they spend a lot more time on their, their technique um, and getting that dialed in before really trying to, you know, start moving weights faster. When you're, when you're moving weights, uh, so say you're doing your Olympic lifts in CrossFit, like in a CrossFit class or a competition or anything like that, um, your positioning is different. You're usually quicker. You're not holding, you know, receiving positions a lot longer. But if you take time and learn uh, and learn that stuff in a weightlifting class where it is more, um, you know, more controlled and a slower environment versus you know having your heart rate jacked up and trying to move this weight as quick as you can, and they are, you know considerably smaller percentages than, than people's maxes, but even still, it's, uh, it's a different way of moving the bar, um, cycling it, rather than really, you know, taking your time and really owning the lifts. Yeah, especially when you talk about uh, when you're in the middle of a, a Metcon, you're trying to increase your cycle speeds, like you were talking about earlier, like, you don't really hold the bar over your head all that often, if, say, you're doing power snatches, you're not going to want to hold it up there for three or four seconds with a solid lockout if you're doing, you know, Isabel or something like that, where it's like doing 30 reps for time, you don't, you don't really exaggerate those, those really extended positions. I think, you know, that can go back to what Glassman always said about mechanics, consistency, intensity, right? So you work on the mechanics, once you can consistently use proper mechanics, that's when you can dose in some intensity. Totally agree with that. Um, you know, you watch any of the, the high-level CrossFit athletes. Um, you know, I, I love watching, like, you know, Rich Froning compete because every movement, there's no question that it's, you know, that it's on point and that, uh, that he's making solid catches uh, every time. Um, even, even when he's cycling the bar, it's just, you know, he's taking that extra split second to stand it up at the top so that there's no question that, you know, legs weren't locked out or arms weren't locked out or anything like that, and a, a clean and jerk. Um, and even though he is moving the bar very quick, they're just very, very solid lifts, and it's it's actually, like, beautiful to watch. Oh, yeah, I know for sure. And that's, that's the case with, with almost all the very high-level athletes. Right? Matt Fraser is the same way, just 
beautiful lockouts every single time. There's there's not a lot of big questions. Um, Brent Fikowski was talking about after regionals. He said he got no no reps the entire weekend. You know, that's like, what did he do, seven workouts in three days? Zero no reps. Yeah. Like, how many people can say they got no no reps during the open? That's only five workouts, right? Like, almost everybody got a no rep at some point during that, right? So, you know, you talk about Brent Fikowski, the fourth fittest man in the world, and he's not getting no reps on any of those movements. And I think you can almost, you can use it to your advantage because if you have a, if you're really proficient with, say, your front rack position is really good, you can kind of like use that time to take a breath before you go back down to front squat or do another hang clean or whatever. And I think that was part of what Froning was really good at. He, would, he was so good with those positions that he could like almost rest while he was working because he took that second, stand up straight, take a deep breath, and then keep going. Like he was, there was a video of him doing the first workout from the open this year, 17.1 with the box jumps. And a lot of people were like hopping on the box and like squatting and then just kind of flopping off. And like that worked for some people, but Rich would actually stand up every time and he would breathe at the top on the box, boom, down burpee. And then he would stand all the way up on the box, take a deep breath, boom, down up. And he had one of the fastest times and he was taking that extra second to get the lockout, even though it wasn't even necessary, right? Even when it's not like, you have to lock out like a regular box jump. He's still locking out so you can take a deep breath and refresh and make sure all the movements are really crisp and precise. Yeah, the the main point there is just uh, like uh, Ben had mentioned, mechanics, consistency, and intensity. So, you know, it's it's always cool to watch, you know, the high-level athletes, uh, you know, moving the weights they are, moving as quick as they are. But... Uh, you know, I, I think it's really important to, to learn, make sure that you're you're taking your time, learning the movements, asking questions if you're not sure, and uh, just really, uh, you know, take take in as much as you possibly can. You know, it, I always want athletes to start off slow um, and uh, and you know do as well as they possibly can right off the bat, rather than um, you know get to a point where they're uh, they're moving too quickly. They're not having. They don't have a good bar path, um, and they're just rushing movements just to kind of get the job done. Because it's really hard to go back and try to try to change that and fix that. So, uh, we want to thank you all for listening to our podcast. If there's any questions that you have or any uh, feedback that you have, uh, please send us an email at info at stark s t a r k e strength s-t-r-e-n-g-t-h dot com thank you very much again for listening this is paul dick and ben have a good night